0: Hey guys, before this episode begins, I just want to let you all know that I partnered with DAT Bootcamp to offer a 10% discount code on all bootcamp products. While studying for my DAT, I found DAT Bootcamp to be the best resource during my preparation. Their extensive review videos and practice exams are second to none. Use code DOD10 at checkout for a 10% discount, applicable to all programs bootcamp has to offer. Again, that's DOD10 at checkout. everyone welcome back to another episode of the dose of dental podcast the focus of this podcast is to share undergraduate and dental school experiences from dental students and dental professionals through valuable discussions through sharing the journeys and stories of current dental students and dental professionals or goals to help you find answers or guidance for your own pre-dental journeys i got a really special guest today um her name is razzle she's a current incoming d2 student at the arizona school of dental dentistry and oral health and so razzle you introduce yourself
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Razzle. I'm from Los Angeles, California, and I currently attend ATSU ASDO in Arizona. And yeah, I'm an incoming D2 dental student, and I'm super excited to be here.
0: Awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like, you know, where you are in your current dental journey and, uh, you know, what you kind of got from your past D1 year.
1: Yeah, so we actually just finished our first year of dental school last weekend, or last week, and it's kind of crazy how fast it went. I feel like I blinked and we were already done, which is crazy. (laughs) So much that I learned from this past year, and so much that I still have to learn, which is fun. (laughs) But um, next month, we're going to be seeing our first patients, which is really exciting. Um, I'm excited and a little nervous, but yeah, I'm really excited for this upcoming year and um the transition from moving from la to arizona was a little bit hard but i feel like after a couple months and getting used to like the atmosphere my friends at school really helped me through it
0: awesome sounds good so i mean of course you gotta ask you so why did you decide to you know start pursuing dentistry and when did you kind of get that realization that this is kind of like what i want to do in the future
1: Yeah. So the first thing is that I really love seeing people smile and I love art. So I just felt like seeing people smile made me happy and I wanted to bring that happiness to other people. I'm also really artistic, so I feel like being able to craft someone's smile is really cool. Another thing is that my mom is a general dentist, so she really inspired me to pursue this field as well. And she's my role model. So yeah, that's why I wanted to pursue dentistry.
0: That's awesome. So uh, let's start from like, I guess, undergrad. So um, so you knew early on, you kind of wanted to start pursuing dentistry. Um, so what did you kind of start doing through undergrad to kind of start, I guess, getting ready to apply dental school? Were you even thinking that early ahead?
1: Um, so when I first started undergrad, I attended Azusa Pacific University in California. And at first, I actually wanted to pursue music, which is super different than the medical field. <laughs> But my dream was always to become a singer, and now it's to be a singing dentist, which is kind of funny. But um, in undergrad, I did a bunch of pre-dental programs. One of the programs is called SHPEP, which stands for Summer Health Professions Education Program, and I did this in Seattle at University of Washington. That program was one of the main reasons why I wanted to pursue this field. Um, I got to meet a lot of dental students, and people who had the same, um, like, like like-minded people who wanted to pursue dentistry as well. We were able to, like, suture, like, bananas and just do a lot of, like, hands-on things at the dental school there. Um, And I did have a pre-dental society at my undergrad, but we only had, like, four people in it. So we had a really small undergrad, and it was a little hard to find out how to, like, exactly apply to dental schools, but we worked together and we got through it.
0: (laughs) Nice. So I got to ask like singing. So when did you start singing? And is it anybody in your family like a singer? How did you, you kind of come up on that?
1: Um, so I started singing around like my dad said like three years old, but he put me in vocal lessons at the age of eight. And since then I was doing a bunch of like singing competitions. I would audition for shows like American Idol, America's Got Talent, The Voice. And my dad just really pushed me to do singing and I really loved it as well, but I felt like the competitiveness of um, being in the music industry was just not, I feel like it wasn't for me. I wanted to express myself a different way. So I started to write my own music and I just started releasing things on like Spotify just for fun. Um, But no one in my family really sang before me. My sister and brother sing though, so... Yeah, my parents say they sing in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: funny. So yeah. I mean, as you're going through undergrad, um, like what kind of things do you think have stuck out on your application that you know you might? I mean, besides, I'm sure singing probably came up at some interviews. I guess we'll get yeah. to that a little bit later. But what what was kind of like your application process? Like, when did you kind of start understanding? Like, okay, now I got to figure out. I need to get these letters of recommendation. I got to get this personal statement done. I got to get this DT score done. all these things that like pre have a really hard time of kind of consulting in their mind because it's really easy to get like caught up in it as someone who just went through the process. How do you kind of go go through your application process like step by step?
1: Yeah. So um, I was a biology major at APU, my undergrad, and I started really thinking about applying for dental school around my sophomore year. And luckily we had um, basically like a pre-health seminar. So I was basically on this thing called a pre-dental track. And I took like the necessary classes I need to take to apply for dental schools, like all the prereqs and everything. Um, but I I decided to basically communicate with my professors efficiently because I wanted them to write good letters of recs for me, and I didn't want to ask someone that didn't know me very well. So um, I would, like, stay after hours and, like, ask teachers, like, about their lives, and, like, I would tell them about mine. Um, I think I got more into the application process of dental school like during my junior year and i actually applied to dental school after i graduated so i I did take a gap year to work on my dat i took it twice and then i applied that same year as well
0: nice do you have like any tips for um i don't know does arizona have a committee letter i'm not sure if they do not arizona uh uh your undergrad institution
1: yeah yeah they did so i took a bunch of like teachers and like um some like advisors i had i put it in one letter which was really nice to have and some of them weren't even science professors they were like my vocal teacher (laughs) So someone who speaks really good about your character too is really important
0: that's awesome so do you have like any tips for you know kids going through dt honestly before that i kind of want to talk about your gap year so um you know, you, you, you graduated. Um, did you have any thoughts about whether or not you should take a gap year? Did you kind of contemplate whether you needed it or didn't need it?
1: Yeah, I definitely did. Um, I know there's a lot of things people say gap, about gap years where people might say it wastes time and like I should just apply right away. But during this time, it was during COVID. And I feel like it it was the best choice for me to take a gap year because I took extra classes. Like I retook OCHEM again because I got a C and I was just really sad about it. And then I just felt like it gave me more time to work on my application and strengthen it. So during that time, I worked as a dental assistant and front desk receptionist at my mom's dental office, which was super helpful. I got my X-ray certification during that time. So I think that gap year was really helpful before starting school.
0: Gotcha. And I think that you know, a lot of kids like have that mentality of three and done. I mean, because technically, if you want to apply and not have to take a gap year, I guess you have to apply like junior year after your, after like June summer of your junior year. And I think that's like now it's, it's a little, people might think it's they want to do that. But in my personal opinion, even though I have applied, I think that if you don't have anything, if you don't have like a clear mind for freshman year, you might rush the process. Um, so it's really good that you kind of took the extra time and kind of figured it out. I know a lot of other people on our podcast have had, have taken gap years and multiple gap years and they're perfectly fine in dental school. So yeah. I mean, do you see that like in your classmates at Arizona? Like how many, how many peers have taken gap years, do you think?
1: I think more than half the class, much more than half the class have taken gap years. We do have people in our class that are a lot older than me and um, there are some though that just immediately went into dental school but there's just a few portion in our class
0: right and i think i don't know if you know um there's uh info uh not influencer but like a dental student in pen her name is opera dental
1: oh yeah 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 yeah. i always talk to her on instagram she Kendra.
0: yeah yeah kendra and she was uh, i mean we're in contact but i think her story is pretty cool at least the face of it where she was basically a singer like you <laughs> and then she had a old career and then she decided to go dentistry after so i mean like
1: it's so cool i actually spoke to her about it i was like oh my gosh we need a collab <laughs> i know it
0: that, I mean, that's just crazy how, like people, there's different routes you can go you know so i mean so you took your dat do you have any tips for the dat i mean like you took it twice so you definitely had to like rework some of your your um understanding but do you have any tips for kids who you know think they're rushing the studying for the DAT or like think they should take more time because if you a gap year, then you have a lot more time to study for it. So did you find that beneficial?
1: I did find it beneficial. I wanted to take the DAT after I graduated because I just felt like it was a little too much for me to have like all my upper division science courses at the same time as DAT. So right after I graduated, I spent two months studying and then I decided to take my DAT that July. Um, my academic average was a 19, which I was like, okay, yay. But I had a 16 in OCHEM and I did not like that. So just like for my personal sake, I just took it again. And luckily it improved a bit. <laughs> so yeah, I would say if I could go back, I would definitely recommend just taking a bunch of practice tests as often as possible. Because I feel like time practice tests would really help, especially if like time is just, hard for some people. Like I take longer than the average person. (laughs) So just getting used to time practice tests. Um, I also use, I know many people use DAT Bootcamp, but I've used DAT Booster and I felt like that's a really good program as well. They have really good crash courses. So the biology section of DAT Booster really helped for those crash courses because it was really similar to the DAT
0: Right. And I mean, when I took it, I took, I did boot camp first and then I borrowed someone's like booster at the end of the day. Oh, just okay. so, like, because I think my friend was, she had, I think she was taking the DAT some other day, but she had like three days left on it. So my test was like within that three day span. So I just hopped on booster and did a bunch of practice problems just to like ease my mind before the exam. So that kind of worked out. Um, But I mean, for anyone listening for boot camp, I know bio, they always think it's a big thing, but. If you read their notes, the Heil notes, like maybe six or seven times thoroughly, it might give you like a better understanding of the bio. Because I know when I took the test, it was like, I don't remember any of the questions because I feel like they were all so repetitive. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it was repetitive. Yeah. But so,
1: like, <laughs>
0: yeah. And even like the PAT, I think it was much simpler than bootcamp. The bootcamp PAT is like insanely hard.
1: Yeah, I definitely felt that. I was my scores on booster were definitely way lower than my actual test. So I was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that the um they over undershoot lighter scores. So one test day, like it's gonna be a couple points higher, definitely. But so you have your DAT score, you kind of have everything set up already, right? Um, so where did you you you're in undergrad in California? where were you thinking of applying out know, like how'd you kind of make your school list because i know that's something that's really hard for students to kind of think about it's easy just yeah. be like like from uh from high school it's kind of easy just like randomly choose wherever college you want but you know this is more like a decision for your future so how'd you kind of go about that
1: yeah so for me i just wanted to stay really close to home like somewhere on the west coast i applied to 12 schools i didn't apply anywhere in the east coast i know you're in the east coast i'm sorry <laughs> but you're i good. Really close to home, and I love the sun, so just anything sunny. Um, Yeah, so I applied to 12 of those schools. I got seven interview invites, and then I got three acceptances. And um, ASDO, I didn't even know about ASDO until I applied. I was like, oh, Arizona, I'll just choose it. And I didn't know anything about the school at all. <laughs> but when I went to the interview, I loved it so much, so that's why I chose that school. Yeah. So awesome.
0: I mean, so what, what was like your application timeline from where you submitted interview and then acceptance for, for ASDA?
1: Um, so I submitted my application within the first week it opened. So June, um, secondaries were July. Um, I started receiving my first interviews in October, and then I got my first acceptances in December.
0: Nice. So, I mean, at that point, how was... Was the interview in person or was it kind of like virtual at that point
1: um for asdo it was in person um i had another in-person interview at loma linda and then the rest were all online because it was during COVID. so right. yeah
0: how did they how, how were they uh how did it go like did they ask you like any questions that kind of like jumped at you and you didn't really understand it at first or did you kind of think about it before you had to answer those quiet questions
1: um uh, for asdo or just like in general
0: i guess in general because i mean every school is probably different
1: yeah, I think one of the hardest interview questions were, I guess, the ethical questions. They really made you think about it. So they would say, "Imagine you're a dentist and you have an assistant, and a pa- the patient makes your assistant cry, and your assistant runs out of the building. Like, what do you do?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." Um. <laughs> so I, for me, I said. I would want my assistant to be okay. Like, I don't think I could work without knowing that my assistant is okay. And if my patient yelled at her, like, I would know. I would want to know the reasoning about each other, like both of the sides. Right. So, um, what that school really made me think about every answer I had. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then at Loma Linda, they asked a lot of like spiritual questions, um, because it's a religious school. But I went to. Um, a Christian school as yeah. well. So, yeah, it was, I, I know for some people it was a little hard to answer those questions. Um, but yeah, I think ASDO though, their interview process was a little more intense than a lot of people. Like we had MMI, we had the Casper, we had um the one-on-one interviews where it's open file. So they know your application, like the interviewers know your application. And then you also have group interviews. So you have like three different sections just and it doesn't sound as well no it it sounds a little scary at first but when you're actually there it was a really fun time and um i appreciated how the interviewers took the time to read the application because i think that was the only school that read my application (laughs) (laughs) which was cool because you spend so much time on it
0: yeah it's kind of hard also like i think we talked i talked about this recently but um it's kind of hard to go into like a closed interview like, like closed application interviewer because like you're kind of presenting yourself for the first time. They don't know anything about you. Yeah. You probably have so many things you want to talk about but you just can't like say everything, right? Yeah. It's probably a little harder.
1: Yeah, that's true. And for open file, you really need to know your application because they're going to be like, oh, I saw you wrote this. Tell me about it. So right. you know your application in and out.
0: <laughs> right. And so can you explain a little bit more like, about the Casper test? Because I know I've like seen it online sometimes but... I don't know if any of my schools in the East Coast really require that or when, when would you take that kind of thing?
1: Um, this was taken maybe a couple of weeks or like a month before the interview. I don't know if they still do it right now. I know they did it because it was COVID and like it was just their way of figuring out people. But Casper involves um, like ethical questions and it's a little scary because you just have like a minute to answer it and you read the question. And you can't re-record your answer, so it's awkward. Like I think one of one of the times I started laughing because I messed up, and I was like, "Oh no!" And then you just uh, press back. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think for though we had just like six ethical questions, and you just try your best to answer it and stuff. Okay. I think I did that for like three of the schools I applied to. That
0: makes sense. So I mean, did you get to like tour the schools before you interview at the interview or now?
1: Um, yeah, so do we did and Loma Linda I did.
0: Gotcha. Well, what were some things that kind of stood out to you about Arizona that you kind of like, were like, this is my, this might be where I want to go.
1: Yeah. So I feel like the environment of the school was so welcoming. Like the minute I stepped on campus, I just felt like welcome to be there. Everyone was smiling. They always like ask how you are. And like, it didn't have that competitive atmosphere compared to some other schools. Like I'm just one person who likes... Um, I like meeting people, and I like friendly environments, so I I just felt like this school was right for me because everyone there just seemed genuinely happy, and I wanted to go to a school where people seemed happy to be there and not sad, <laughs> Right. Um, and then another thing I loved is that they're a pass-feel curriculum school, and grades kind of scare me a bit, so <laughs> this was nice to have. Um, my class is also really collaborative. We share study guides, which is so nice, and like everyone wants to just help each other out. so
0: right. I think the pass fail curriculum. I think a lot of schools, like even like Columbia, Harvard. Um, another thing, UConn is also pass fail. Like, I think I talked to somebody that said like pass fail curriculum. I mean, you probably know now, right? You already D one. You finished D one year. So like, what is does what pass fail like? Have you felt it help you throughout your D one year? Yeah. Uh, what, like, what does it feel like? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So at ASDO, you need a 75% or higher to pass. And when I started dental school, I was like, oh, I need to study as hard as I can, which is which is good. But at the same time, you want to enjoy life too. And it's okay if you get like an 80 or like a 76 because you yeah. still pass at the end of the day, you're still going to be a dentist. And um, as to really makes sure that you know your stuff before you get into clinic. Yeah. And yeah. And um, what I really love about ASDO is that even if you don't pass like a class, they give you the chance to remediate. So they'll always give you a second chance or third chance if you need it to. <laughs> um, they just they just want you to succeed. They're not going to kick you out, which is awesome. So right. yeah, I just love how supportive this school is.
0: That's awesome. So like, what, were your ex- what were your expectations going to your D1 year? You know, you got in school, you accepted. You decided you're going to go there now. What were your ex- expectations for D1 year? Like how is like... The curriculum start like how did they start you out in a uh, for classes like how does it kind of work in the first few months?
1: Um, so at first it felt really like easy actually compared to my undergrad. Um, we would have didactic classes for the first few months, like we would have microbiology, immunology, but and we had biochem for two days, so it's basically like a whole year biochem in two days. Everything is very fast paced. But what I love about it is that um, they take the big subjects and they just put it into small, tiny lectures, which is really nice. And um, we just started out with like the basic sciences for the first few months. After a month and a half or two months, we went into the sim clinic. And I remember our first simulation exercise was a rubber dam. And at first I was like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) my rubber dam, it's basically like the isolation for the teeth um mine broke like five times and <laughs> I was just like stressed but <laughs> you definitely improve on that so now I can do a rubber down without it breaking but I feel like the transition like the hard part about dental school for me is sim clinic because I've never drilled before in a tooth I've never like filled it so just getting used to like the hand motions was um a big transition
0: Right. Did you, like, uh, I don't think I've ever asked this before, but, like, do you think your assist, dental assisting experience is, like, helping you right now? Like, what do you feel, like, is transitioning? Is is helping you? Like, what skills?
1: Yeah, so when I was an assistant, like, it was nice to know, like, the steps of doing a filling. So, like, you etch, you bond, you, like, care everything. So that was just helpful to know, like, that basic understanding instead of going in blindly and not knowing anything. Mm. Um, and then having my x-ray Certification and having that experience was really helpful because we also take radiology courses as a D1 at ASDO. Right. Um, but yeah, I since I never got to physically work on a patient, like doing any like preps or anything, that was just the hard part. But um, at ASDO as a D1, we still are required to do assisting experiences with like the upperclassmen. So like D2s, D3s, and D4s. And I think we learned a lot more from that, too, because you're just in the clinic and you're seeing everything and each patient has a different circumstance. So I'm still learning from all these assisting experiences at school, too.
0: Right. You said like your first like clinical, was it like Sim Lab was a month or two in? Yeah. That's really, that's pretty early. That's like your first half of the year, right?
1: Yeah, it is really early um, and kind of crazy. We're going to be seeing our first patients next month in July. And I'm like, I'm like yeah, but procedures like cleanings. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, so like what were the first couple of things? So you did rubber dam. Was that the first thing that you did in the clinic and sim lab or whatever?
1: Yeah, that was the first thing. And then the first actual procedure was basically class one prep, which is, you just drill a little tiny hole like on the street. <laughs> and it was so hard. I I would recommend to anyone who's going into, into dental school, get your leaves early because I didn't have mine for three months. And I was squinting, I couldn't see, and my back was hurting. So there
0: was no there was no rental loops. Wait, what? They didn't have like rental loops for you, like uh, temporary. Well,
1: the company I asked they didn't let me for some reason. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was hard without loops. So I would recommend getting loops as early as possible. <laughs>
0: so like, can you like walk us through like a schedule, like a day in the life? Because I know once you 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 don't just have like curriculum courses. Now you have like SimLab along with it. So what are, what would be like a day in the life of SimLab and like coursework for you?
1: Um I forgot to mention one thing about ASDA is that we have a modular curriculum, which is basically one subject at a time instead of five <laughs> classes at a time. So an example would be um we just finished our fixed prosthodontics module and basically a day in the life is like having lecture from eight to twelve PM <laughs> in the classroom we have lunch from 12 to 1 and then 1 to 5 sim clinic so oh, that's okay. a rare day in the life
0: <laughs> okay, then five.
1: yeah so it's usually 8 to 5 um for dental school in all the years at asdo but when we first started dental school like the first week of school we just had didactics and sometimes we'd be done at 11 12 just depending on how fast the professor lectures <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah so it really just depends on the day or what subject we're doing.
0: Mm, that makes sense. I mean, so like now, um so what was like this the the second half of the year in terms of like Sim Lab? Like what was like the progression of stuff that you guys did on, you know, like mannequins and stuff? Like how far did you guys get up to to the end of your D one year?
1: Um oh like the last procedure we did?
0: Yeah, like like what is so you start out with the rubber dam, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, what's the progression up to
1: uh,
0: you know throughout D one year? What is it kind of like
1: uh, so first we start up with operative dentistry so basically we'll start off with class one through class five preps and restorations and we work with composite amalgam and glass ionomer restorations and then starting april we would do fixed prosthodontics which is basically crown preps and we work with zirconia pfm and um just like all ceramic restorations too so um, the clinical aspects during our D1 is operative dentistry, and then we end with fixed prostodontics.
0: Gotcha. So, I mean, can you just explain for people that don't understand, like, what a class one to five prep would actually be?
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> I feel like I need to draw something, but <laughs> um, class one is basically the, the prep is outlining, like, the biting surface of the tooth, which is called the occlusal surface, um, class two um it's basically known for slot preparation so it's the biting surface of the tooth as well as like the <laughs> basically the surface i don't know how to explain this oh my is God.
0: it like does it like go like lower like down the tooth Nah,
1: like the... it get, gets like a box yeah
0: oh, okay gotcha. so i guess like i guess the easy way would be, would be just get like more complicated
1: yeah so <laughs> it's complicated honestly class two is the hardest for me um yeah <laughs> class four is like more of like aesthetic dentistry it's like if you fracture your like your front incisor tooth and then you do yeah. that uh, yeah you'll get to know more of that each time i didn't know what it was until yeah. I dental school i was like oh okay <laughs>
0: and I, I work in an office but like i don't ever ask like it doesn't say like class whatever on the schedule yeah. They just kind of the doctor just knows, right? So like it's kind of hard to say, like understand what exactly he's doing. Sometimes it looks so simple because he does it like five minutes, right? But I know. (laughs) Oh yeah, wait. So I wanted to ask, like, how long do they? I don't know how to explain it. So like, how long did it first take you guys to do like a first filling on like a mannequin? I guess
1: it took me like the whole day, (laughs) basically. I just getting used to the procedure. I think. Prepping it, basically drilling into the tooth, having the exact measurement, um, and then filling it took a really long time for me. But now we can do it in like an hour, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It just depends on what it is. But we had to take our competencies, basically our last week of school, to get into clinic. For it. So yeah, and they gave us, I think they gave us around three hours to do um three Preps and three fillings, so it's crazy because the first time it took us the whole day, (laughs) and now we do basically three in three hours.
0: Which one do you like better? Do you like doing crown preps or fillings?
1: I like crown preps. I think it's more fun, and yeah, it's just I think it's cool because you just get to see like the crown being put on the right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like more of a like a reconstruction, I guess. Yeah, It's, it's, it's more aesthetic. I don't know, but. Um, I want to ask, like, what are the, like, facilities like at Arizona? Like, are is the Sim Lab, like, updated? Is it is it, you know, do you, do you guys have, like, a nice lab in there that makes your Zirconia crowns afterwards?
1: Yeah, so um, our school is not too old. Like, I think, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but it's not, I think it's more than 10 years old, but definitely it was made in the 2000s, so it's not an old campus or anything. Um, but the Sim Lab is pretty new. It's nice because everyone has their own station and for, we have CAD CAM in our sim lab as well. So it's really cool because once we do our crown prep, we would scan our crown prep on CAD CAM, which is like the technology we use to um, check our prep. And then after that, we would basically, it's called milling, where you put your um, the scan tooth in this machine and then it basically makes the crown for you. So it makes it in 10 minutes. And it's so cool because you don't have to send it off to the lab. You literally just take and then put it on your mannequin, which is so cool. So ASDO offers a lot of, um, like, they have brand new technology, which is awesome. And they have a bunch of rotations. They have prosthodontics, perio, ortho, oral surgery, all at our school, which is awesome.
0: It's really awesome. I mean, so uh, I don't know how much, how much experience have you gotten with, like, assisting upperclassmen? And like what kind of stuff have you seen i guess them do at at arizona
1: yeah so um i've been assisting a lot of the d3s and most of the time i would see comprehensive exams um fillings like restorations um if you want if you're interested in like oral surgery or period you can always go upstairs to like the oral surgery or period department to look so i went to the oral surgery department and i saw people do extractions so they just give you the opportunity to assist whatever you want, even if you're not supposed to. Like, if your schedule says you're not assisting that day and you want to assist, you can go ahead and assist. They always need assistance anyways. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they usually on the main clinic floor, it's restorations, comprehensive exams, pro Um, Yeah, just all those procedures.
0: Nice. I mean, so what is, like, how don't I don't explain it? So, I mean, what? What? how are you going to? what what are you, are you are you excited about seeing patients like this is in a month right you said
1: yeah
0: <laughs> uh, so what do you know like what they kind of start out start you out doing or do you already know like how does that kind of work
1: um i know we'd start off with profis srps which are deep cleanings and like um i think as time goes on we'll start doing fillings but um as it's you went Oh my gosh. As a D1, <laughs> we learned how to do local anesthesia. So to administer local anesthetics, which is awesome. So we're able to administer local anesthesia to our patients, which is cool. Um, so that's what we're gonna be starting off with. <laughs>
0: did you guys have to did you guys get to practice on like yourselves? Is um, that- we with? all of
1: our pa- like all of our classmates.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. I, saw that. I saw a video of that on Instagram. Let's like that was selling. Yeah, so
1: it cool. is great. <laughs> The palate is the worst for me.
0: <laughs> I mean, so yeah, it, it's 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 hard to to like get medical or something.
1: Oh no, it just hurts.
0: Oh well, it just hurts. Oh gosh, yeah,
1: like I don't, I didn't like receiving the injections, but I liked giving them. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think that's it's pretty awesome. So I mean, are you are you gonna let me think? Are you going to just basically start out doing fillings on patients? Or like you're kind of just kind of diagnosing yourself. Like how is the diagnosing process going to work? Like are you going to consult with faculty first before you go in with the treatment plan? Is that how it works at Arizona?
1: Yeah. So we'll have the patient come in. Um, We basically attain like all the medical social history of the patient. Because everything has to be documented. And then we have to get like faculty start checks um, before we start the procedure and tell them what we think the diagnosis is so that they can approve it. So we can't just um, diagnose something and then move on and do the procedure. We have to get a check because we're still learning and everything. <laughs> right. and
0: oh, That's pretty awesome. So, I mean, what, is, what do you think, like, how do you think you'll be with patients? Are you nervous? Are you like, excited? Or are you just kind of um, right ready?
1: Both. I'm really excited because, like, this is what we've been, like, practicing for this whole time. I'm a little nervous just because I'll be on my own now. just kind All of right. crazy. Create- But I'm really excited to meet my patients and like develop the relationships with them and being able to do what we've been been wanting to do all these years. So that's really exciting.
0: It's going to be awesome. So I just want to talk a little bit about your like involvement at school. So like what kind of things are you involved in at Arizona that you think are really beneficial for you and kind of helping you throughout this journey?
1: Yeah, so I'm in ASDA. It stands for American Student Dental Association. And right now, I am doing the pre-dental chair committee at our school, and I'm really excited because I love speaking to pre-dentals about helping them with their application journey and everything like that. This past year, I was a D1 intern for ASDA, so we would plan, like, all the social events. We planned a holiday party. We, like, did fundraising during Halloween, these, like, little trick-or-treat bags, Um, but I just felt like ASDO was a really good way to build a community at ASDO, and just to find friends that aren't only in my class. But I got to develop friendships with other people and the upperclassmen. So it was just a really good mentorship program for me as well. Um, we have another program called Academy of General Dentistry, and with that, you're allowed to receive some CE credits, so continuing education courses, and that happens during lunch. So we have these things called lunch and learns and basically you receive C E credits during lunch, which is which is awesome because I know a lot of dentists pay for those C E credits after. So.
0: so like what are the CE credits? Are they going towards like you in the future? Or like how does that kind of work?
1: Yeah, us in the future. So, well, so like yeah.
0: so wait, what well, what like specific thing would it count towards, I guess?
1: Um, well, once you graduate, dentists are required to complete a certain amount of C E credits. Um, I'm not too sure on what the number is but yeah it counts for the future and it's really cool like the the topics we discuss, so it could be about um oral cancer it could be I think one of them was on Botox and stuff This really cool courses during lunch that we have
0: gotcha I mean so do you have like a do you have like an idea of what you want to do um it's really early really really early but like <laughs> do you know what you would like be most interested in like general dentistry or would you think about maybe specializing in the future?
1: Yeah. Um, so right now, I think I'm still open to specializing. I don't really know what is interesting to me yet because I haven't really experienced all the rotations. Um, so far, I think general dentistry is what I'm going for just because I like doing everything and I won't have to stick to one thing every day. But I guess, I don't know, that might change. So I'll, I'm will i open to whatever.
0: <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, so what... Uh... What are some like like challenges, obstacles that you faced um during your D1 year that uh, you know, you might like how'd you overcome them? I guess was like the best way to ask that.
1: Yeah. So um the transition from moving from California to Arizona was really hard for me because I didn't have any family or friends there at all. I didn't know a single person. <laughs> so that was just hard because starting dental school in a new place was kind of scary for me um and I was really homesick for like the first couple months and then sometimes I still get homesick today but it's definitely improved because I I really leaned on the friends I made at ASDO and they helped me through it um not like to be honest it was yeah it was hard to just balance like academics your social life and your mental health all in like the first semester but um, I just had to remember that everyone is almost at the same pace too. Everyone's away from their families and friends. So it's just nice to have that support group. And, um, for people like going into dental school, I would really recommend just keeping, like having like a small or like solid group of friends that you have mm-hmm. towards like during dental school is really helpful.
0: I mean, so like how, how are like your peers? Like what's the class size uh, for your class? Is it very big or is it kind of smaller?
1: We have seventy-eight people, so it's like kind of small, kinda big, but everyone knows each other's names. And yeah, everyone we have a small school, so everyone knows each other basically. Like if That's you think someone will probably know. <laughs> That's
0: good. So I mean I mean, do you know that do you know if um the school assigns you patients or like do you have to like schedule your own patients and get your own patients for your upper class?
1: Um so they schedule patients for us and basically in our clinic. We have like little families, I guess, like little, right. like we have upperclassmen. So they pass their patients onto us as gotcha. well. So it's kind of like a family. So when I'm like a D3 or D4, I'll pass my patients down to the classmen below me.
0: All right. Yeah. So, um, obviously found you through Instagram. So how did you kind of start that page? And like, why did you kind of start that page? Like, did you kind of serve it as like a motivation or like kind of this daily vlog of your life throughout dental school?
1: Um, so I started it because I just wanted I just wanted to start it for fun and I thought it was just a good way to document my dental school journey. I didn't know that so many people would start following it, which is kinda crazy. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but I think a lot of people have been liking the mini vlog. So um it's just a fun way to just document dental school and like giving advice to pre dents as well. So yeah.
0: Like, do you think that, um, do you, do you find that like your social media account, like do do your classmates like really know about it? And are they kind of like, do they just really appreciate, I guess you like blogging?
1: Yeah, I think they do appreciate it. I've had a a lot of my friends have told me, thank you so much for documenting dental school because they just look at my page and they're like, oh, this is what we did today. And sometimes like during some clinic, I'm like, this is what we did today. And then I guess it's like a good review for some people because they forget what we did. So they look back at the stories or the videos and stuff. And I just feel like it's a fun way to document things. And it just shows like the cool aspects of dentistry. I know it's really hard at times, but I want it to make it enjoyable and fun for people to see as well. Right,
0: I think, I think what I was going to say was as a pre-dental, like it's really nice to see um, a lot of dental students kind of vlogging their life on Instagram, just because like we can't really be in the schools during all these things that are happening. So like so we really just nice to see like kind of perspective from someone who's actually in dental school whether like a d1 d2 d3 d4 it's just kind of nice to see like a day in life i guess you would say so i mean really appreciate that so do you like have any last minute i guess general advice for pre-dentals going on this journey you know maybe someone who kind of decided to go into dentistry kind of late maybe already graduated and feel like they want to do, start going to dental school do you have any like tips for that
1: So I would say that it's never too late to go into dentistry. We have people that are much older than me, and I just appreciate their drive and determination to be there after all these years or how many gaffers they've taken. They still keep going. And if it's something that you're really passionate about, I think that's awesome and you should go for it. Um, Another thing is that try not to compare yourself to people. I know I did that a lot as a pre-dent, and sometimes till this day, I'm like, I'm not good enough. And like these scores aren't the best, but just know that if you keep going, if you're proud of yourself and just you're confident in who you are, I think that's the most important thing. So it's okay to fail. I think failure is a good thing, but just keep going.
0: Awesome. And so how can like pre reach out to you on Instagram or social media? Like what are your handles? You can plug whatever you want right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my handles on Instagram, TikTok. I think that's all I have. It's Razzle in dentistry. Razzle, R-A-Z-E-L in dentistry. <laughs>
0: all right, so we'll definitely put that like in the episode description or whatever we post some, some some reels on Instagram. So we'll get that up for you. So like Razzle, thank you for coming on. Appreciate you sharing your perspective from Arizona School of Dental Medicine and Oral Health. Um, and we'll hope to see you soon.
1: Thank you.